everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. Well, today I want to talk to you about a subject that's near and dear to my heart. I won't tell you the subject first, but let me tell you a little story about my life. As you can tell, I have a really low voice. My voice never really changed. Seriously. It just like has always been low. It was so low that when I was in the nursery as as a child, my mother told me, the nursery workers would tickle me just to hear me laugh. (laughs) They were like, look at this kid. Listen to his voice. And they would laugh at me laughing because my voice is very low. So my voice has always been low. Something embarrassing happened to me about my voice though. When I was in the second grade, my teacher was Mrs. P.C. Ferguson. Don't you love that name? One day, back in the day, we had this, this music thing, this music class going on. So everyone in the second grade began to sing, row, row, row your boat. I started singing. And Mrs. Ferguson said, stop, Ed, please don't joke around, sing in your regular voice. So we started back, whoa, Ed, I told you, sing in your regular voice. So I'm singing in my low voice, obviously I stood out. So then she goes, come here. And she... She put me in front of the room and made me sing, row, row, row your boat. And it really scarred me. I promise you. I love music. And maybe I would have been some sort of a musician or something. But that row, row, row your boat deal, I I never was able to shake it. The second graders laughed at me. Mrs. Ferguson laughed at me. The nursery workers laughed at me. I know it was kind of an overreaction, but I was in the second grade, okay? And I never really sang out loud in front of people where they could hear me again. Now, I'll sing in the shower, sing in the car, whatever, but you know what I'm saying to you. Well, that's the very topic I want to talk to you about. Not row, row, row your boat. Not music, I want to talk to you about your self-esteem. Now you might be saying, wait a minute, self-esteem. That's like worldly, that's secular, that's, you know, something I might hear Anthony Robbins talk about or I might read some sort of a self-help book from some hot, cool author. I would argue self-esteem is all about God. And God is all about self-esteem. I like that term, that phrase, self-esteem. If we rely on ourself to give us esteem, it's not gonna work out very well. I've tried that before. So I don't have the horsepower, myself doesn't have the horsepower to give myself esteem. But we're gonna find out if I see who I am, if you see who you are in God's eyes, then we have the horsepower to see ourselves the way God sees us, nothing more and nothing less, which is 
a great self-esteem. Not a perfect self-esteem, but a great self-esteem. A self-esteem the world cannot even touch. So are you asking yourself to give you esteem or are you going, no, 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 I'm looking to the God of the universe to give myself who I am, whose I am, and because of that power, then I can have the right view of myself. How do you view you? How do you view you? That's a heavy topic because I'm going to admit something. I struggle with insecurity. I really do. I'd be lying to you if I said, oh, no, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm dialed in. Totally confident. I have that beautiful balance between humility and pride. The juxtaposition between this, this self-esteem from God and living out my uniqueness before him. I have my moments, but I still struggle, I think everyone does, with a self-esteem. The Bible talks a lot about self-esteem. And how about this, why do we struggle with self-esteem anyway? Because it's, it's a struggle that, that, that we all face. It goes all the way back to the garden, the soils of the garden. Adam and Eve, they had it perfect. They had the ultimate self-esteem, did they not? They were created in the image of God. They were made, and everything was like going great. They saw themselves the way God viewed them, nothing more and nothing less. That's a great self-esteem. Yet within that, God's perfect will, God's perfect will is for us to have an awesome self-esteem. God's perfect will is for everyone to become a Christ follower. Not only though do we have the perfect will of God, we've got the permissive will of God. The permissive will of God is it's your choice, it's my choice, it's your response, it's my response. So often we see things and do things and it's God's permissive will, not his perfect will. So his perfect will, he knows we're not perfect, is for us to see ourselves the way God sees us, nothing more, nothing less. But his permissive will is going to be, you know what, we can choose to, you know, just allow ourselves to give us esteem. When we do that, ultimately, we're going to go down a rabbit hole and it's not going to be a pretty thing. Self-esteem. Is yourself giving you esteem or is God giving yourself the esteem that he desires for you? Because there's only one you. Because if you aren't you, who's going to be you? When you get to heaven, God's not going to say, wow, I wish you had been like this person. I wish you had been like that person. No, no, no. God's going to say, I wanted you to even be more you than you were. And there's no way we can discover the, 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 the you-ness, the perfect you-ness until we get to heaven. But I think you hear me screaming, don't you? You, you, you. Who are you? You are made in the image of God. So am I. Adam and Eve understood that. We have a freedom of choice, like Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve chose for the first time when they sinned, what do they do? They look to something or someone else to give them props, to give them significance away from God. The enemy came in and the enemy said, hey, you can be like God. You can be like God. It's all about you. And I fight that too. So do you. So they were like, man, that sounds cool. 
They sinned. They thought they would find this nirvana. They thought they would go to God's level. Of course, the enemy lies to us, doesn't he? He's the father of lies. He speaks lies. That's his native language. He lies to you. He lies to me. He lies to me. He lies to you. You, you. Always lying. Always lying. You're not good enough. You're not cool enough. You're not smart enough. Man, if you look like her, if you were married to him, if you could live there in that zip code, drive that car, have those kids, those are lies from the author of lies. They're lies. So we need to call the devil what he is, a liar. I played a lot of basketball. You've heard me tell the stories a lot about basketball. And at Florida State University, I sat the bench a lot. I was on full scholarship. Give me a round of applause. But I sat the bench a lot. I came to a point where I was like, man, Ed, you were a star player in high school, but these guys are a lot better than you. It's a very humbling experience. Have you ever, have you ever like experienced that before? It could be through dance, it could be through volleyball, it could be through cheerleading, it could be through business, it could be through fishing, hunting, whatever. You like get to this point, you're like, I'm just the best I can be. But that girl is better than me. He makes me look bad, you know what I'm saying to you? So I sat on the bench at Florida State a lot. But here's the good news. The cheerleaders would be near the bench. No, I'm not saying that. I memorized so many cheers. I guarantee you, I don't care if you're a club cheer mom, I don't care if you've been head cheerleader of whatever, I can match you with the cheers. Now, one of the cheers that I love is when, when someone would commit a foul, you know what a foul is in basketball, you know, you, it's, a, it's a violation. Some of, these, some of these places we would play, the entire student body, when someone would, would foul someone, would go, the foul zone, you, the foul zone, you, the foul zone, you, 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 you. And that would, that would rock you, man. Whoa. Humbling. So in essence, when Adam and Eve messed up, the foul zone, you, the foul zone, you, the foul zone, you, 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 you. And due to that, we have our sin nature, our sin nature. Sin is not just something I do, it's my nature, it's something that I am. I'm just a sinner. From that day forward, man has been trying to recover his significance. We search, don't we, for significance. We search for meaning, for purpose in life. The Bible says this in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. And this is just, just so, so true. Obviously, it's from God's word. Man sees the outward appearance. Isn't that a fact? But the Lord sees the, say it with me, one, two, three, heart. That's right. God sees the heart. And it's fine to look good. However, we're searching, aren't we? Man has this, this, this searching vibe. We're searching for significance. It's almost like a treadmill. Do you guys like treadmills? I hate them. They're torturous, aren't they? <laughs> One time I was on a treadmill, and 
this was so sad. You saw how embarrassing? I was at a health club, you know, on treadmill, and I got it going faster and faster and faster. I tripped, fell to the right, the whole treadmill. People ran over. They didn't know what had happened. Treadmills will mess you up. And I think when it comes to self-esteem, we can jump on treadmills like the success mill. Oh, if I'm just successful, if I have this amount of money or I'm wearing this or, or, or doing that or I'm married to this person, have those kids, then that's going to do it. And a lot of us are like, okay, I'm on that, I'm on that. God is, is, is not anti-success or anti-ambition. But I'm here to tell you, that's not going to get you to where you want to go. Because once you get it, it isn't it. It's got to start and end with God. So a lot of us jump on that success treadmill. And we can look around, just take a panoramic view of the squillions of people that we see on social media each and every day who seemingly have it all, but in reality, if they don't know the Lord, they don't. And a lot of us become tread militant. We just white knuckle that treadmill. I'm gonna stay on it, I'm gonna stay on it. Surely, surely it'll do it. Surely it'll lead to nirvana. So then we have the, the style treadmill, the style. You know, if I, if I always have that look, you know, then that is going to bring me complete and total peace in my life. I read the other day that most all of the beauty products women and men use, guys, don't be, don't be like, oh, what we would, yeah. Guys are probably more vain than women by far. It's a whole nother, whole nother subject. But most of the beauty products we use camouflage the aging process. Have you ever thought about that? Today, I was looking in the mirror. I'm like, man, I'm 60 years old. Now, you know, I don't, I don't blow dry my hair a lot, but I did today because it was in front of women. So <laughs> I blew my hair dry and I can tell, you know, my hair is not quite as thick, even though I got hair transplants, it's not quite as thick as it was. I'm gonna have to go back under the knife, but So now I, now I rearrange my hair as much as I comb my hair. That's what I'm saying. You get it? The Bible says this. The Bible says this. Here's a, here's a, here's a text in the book of Proverbs. Beauty is fleeting. Beauty is fleeting. How many believe that? How many are a public testimony? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So the style mill... You know, as, as, as cool as you can look, does it get us there? And how many people do we know who were like supermodels or whatever, who were ripped or whatever, and that's great, good for you. I mean, you're in the great genetic club, awesome. It doesn't mean or it doesn't equate to happiness or joy, it just doesn't. So we jump from the success mill to the style mill, back and forth, back and forth, thinking 
that will give us and do for us what only God can do for us. Then we get into a relationship. Woohoo! Ba, 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 ba. Or maybe we're dating someone, you're single, you know? And you put, and you don't know you do this, divine pressure on a person to give you the kind of props and the kind of self-esteem that only God can give. And you know that doesn't work. How can I, how can I put that kind of pressure on Lisa? As I like to say, pressure bust a pipe, right? Say it with me, pressure bust a pipe. It will. Are you putting that kind of pressure on people in your life? Your husband, your wife doesn't have, I'll use it again, the horsepower to give you the ultimate self-esteem. It's not going to happen. They can help, but it's not going to, it's not going to happen. So I got to ask you, are you tread militant? There, there's a guy in the Bible who dealt with self-esteem issues. And I've, I've studied about him for maybe 30 years. And, and I want to give you just a brief Wikipedia of his life. Because, you know, we've been reading through the Bible. Has anyone been reading through the chronological Bible? All right. It's amazing, isn't it? If you're not, you can start today. They'll be at every single campus, the chronological Bible. It's worth the money, whatever it costs, $10, $20, whatever. So it's the Bible in real time. You might be like, well, you guys started in January. I'm way the heck behind. That's okay. Start the journey today. Well, one of the cats I've been reading about is this guy named Saul. Now, not to bore you with history, because I'm not. In the, in the evolution of God's people, after man sinned and, you know, everything kind of went cuckoo for cocoa puffs and the wheel started turning. Israel, God's people, they're like, they like said, we want a king, we want a king, we want a king. And God was like, why? They were like, because the other people have a king. The neighboring nations have a king. You know, it's like our kids. I want a Ferrari at 15. At 15, while I saw this, this girl I follow on Instagram and her parents gave her one when she was 15. Now that's extreme, but I think you know what I'm talking about, don't you? So Israel wanted a king and God was like, I'm your king. No, 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 we want a king, we want a king. Remember God's perfect will would be for God and God said this to be king. But he said, okay, permissive will, I'll let you do what you wanna do. And God does that sometimes in your life and mine. So Israel was like, oh boy, we're going to elect a king. And the first king was King Saul. An obvious choice. He would be a cover model for any romance novel. Six feet, eight inches tall. The average guy back then was five, six. Long, flowing, dark hair. Shredded. Saul was like the obvious choice. He became the first king of Israel. Yet what's so crazy about it is, he was so, so, so insecure. You like, man, man, wait a minute, Saul, why in the world would you go down that rabbit hole? And in fact, I just wanted to change gears a little bit and tell you this is how to have a really jacked up self-esteem. I wanna tell you how to be insecure. <laughs> 
I know how to be insecure, so I thought, well, I'm just going to talk about insecurity because Saul is a mirror of a lot of our insecurities. Number one, and this is how to become insecure. I know it's negative, but stay with me. Talk bad about yourself. Just talk yourself down. We have these conversations inside of our minds all the time, don't we? We're always talking to ourselves. Always talking to ourselves. And then, these other voices from our past, these other voices. And then we have the enemy talking smack to us. Oh, God can't use you, girl. Do you realize what you did last week? Ed, who are you to come up here and talk about marriage when you had an argument with Lisa on the way to church? All of these lies. You don't have the ability. You don't have the stuff. You, you, because of your mom, there's no way you can be a great mom. I mean, the person you're married to, all of these things, this self-talk. And obviously Saul turned that over and barbecued it in his mind. So they go, Saul, Samuel did. God spoke to Saul, you're going to be the next president of Israel. And, and here's what Saul said. This is sad because you got to talk bad about yourself if you want to, to be insecure. So I'm telling you how to be insecure. This is like, you know, the skinny on the gimme. That's what they say in Australia. First Samuel 9, 21, Saul replied to Samuel, but I'm only from the tribe of Benjamin, the smallest tribe in Israel. And my family is the least important of all the families of that tribe. Why are you talking like this to me? Now, this is Saul. And if you keep reading, Saul didn't even know who Samuel was. Now, Samuel was always trending. Hashtag Samuel. Everybody knew Samuel. Well, Saul should have known who Samuel was. He was God's man. And he tells Saul, Saul, you're going to be the next president of Israel. And he starts talking himself down. Do you talk yourself down? Do you talk negatively about yourself? I struggle with that. We have to realize, though, in Christ, number one, I'm lovable. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, that means you, believes in him, should not perish but have eternal life. I'm loved by the God of the universe. I don't deserve it. It's completely by his amazing grace. That's how much God loves you and me. In fact, if we could realize how much he loved us, we would, we would just keel over, we would blow a fuse. It's that amazing. Not only am I loved by God, I am forgiven. All of my sins, all of my insecurities, all of my cover-ups, all of my lies have been paid for by Jesus Christ on the rugged cross. He was buried for three days and rose again, and he offers us eternal life within God's permissive will. We have that choice. I would love to choose for all of you to become followers of Christ. I can't do that because you are you and I'm me. Yet I have to present that truth to you. So we need to say, all right, 
I'm lovable, I'm forgivable, I'm capable. Number three, I'm capable. You have no idea the potential in your life. No clue. I don't either. Really. And we'll discover that, I believe, when we move from this life to the next. Then we'll go like, and that's part of heaven. Wow! I mean, it'll, it'll be in a perfect sense. God's perfect will in heaven. You, though, have abilities that I don't have. I have abilities that you don't have. You have that walk, that look, that talk, that vibe, that uniqueness, that perspective that no one else will have. I don't care what you've gone through. You have it. So why do we try, I do this sometimes, to be like other people? The Bible says stop comparing yourselves with others. Now the word stop is a very interesting word. It means stop! And Saul, you know who Saul did? Saul compared himself to David. David was living rent-free in Saul's mind because Saul dropped the ball. Oh, somebody help me with rhyming. It's just flowing now. My mother is smiling in heaven right now. Please clap for that. Because Saul dropped the ball and hit the wall. He began to look to David. Because God, here's what God said. God said, Saul, because you've blown it over and over and over. 42 years Saul messed up. It's not like, wow, he was just one and done. We're talking 42 dang years. He was down the rabbit hole. So God said, hey, you know what? There's a guy, there's a shepherd boy. His name is David. He's a man after God's own heart, and he's going to be the next king because, Saul, you've dropped the ball. Remember, you say, well, how did Saul drop the ball? Hey, have you ever heard, I just thought about something, have you ever heard of that song? It's a classic, classic country western song. I mean, old school. I live back in the woods, you see. The woman and the kids and the dogs and me. I got a shotgun, a rifle, and a four-wheel drive. And country boy can survive. Country folks can survive. Have you heard that before? <laughs> Hank Williams Jr.? Now, I can't sing the whole song because it has damn in it and other words that I'm not going to say. When I was reading about David growing up in the country, I just kind of thought about that. You know, David singing. I live back in the hills, you see. My dad and his wives and the dogs and me. I got a harp and a slingshot and a four-wheel drive. Maybe a camel to drive. And Bible characters can survive. Bible characters can survive. Well, you can't stop us out. You can't make us run. Oh, stop. Don't talk bad about yourself. Don't trash the temple. Talk about what God says about you. Okay, but first way to have a bad self-esteem, talk bad about yourself. Number two, listen to the wrong people. And if you read about Saul's life, I don't have time to get into it. Saul listened. <laughs> he had the amazing ability to listen to the wrong people. Sometimes I 
I run, and, and now I, I really mess my back up, all of the sports and this crazy stuff I've done. I have a bulging disc, but Lisa and I work out, and, and, and uh, we have for a long, long time, and time and time we've walked through neighborhoods, and you'll hear the proverbial, you know, the dogs barking at you. Someone told me one day, Ed, you know how dogs bark at you? I said, no. He said, because you're going somewhere and they're fenced in. Why do people bark at you? <laughs> Why do you have those haters out there? Because you're going somewhere. They're confined, really. They don't know the Lord. Doesn't mean we hate them. They don't know the Lord. They don't understand what's going on. So make sure that you relate to the right they. They always have something to say. The wrong they will pull you into the mud and the mire and you'll become prey, P-R-E-Y. Yet the right they will give you the primary support and the primary props to point you to a proper self-esteem. And that's why I would encourage everyone here to get involved at Fellowship Church. Don't just sit on the sidelines. Don't do what I did and just sit the bench and listen to the cheers. At least I didn't look at any cheerleader. Seriously, get on the court and play. Well, how do you play? You get involved. How do you play? You use your, you, your unique gifts within the context of a biblically functioning community because the only thing Jesus ever built was the local church. So we need you to help in the body of Christ. In the body of Christ, of course, the bride of Christ, that is the church. He was talking bad about himself. That's the one way to have a bad self-esteem. Number two, listen to the wrong people. It's another way to have a bad self-esteem. The last one, how do you have a bad self-esteem? You just humble brag. You just simply brag. One time, one time Saul's son defeated this army and the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 13, verses three and four, here Saul's son had secured the victory, but the Bible says Saul did this. Saul has won the battle. Battle, battle. Saul has kicked butt, butt. Saul is the man of the hour, hour, hour. I'm reading the Bible going, you've got to be kidding me, Saul. Show the love to your son. So that's the way to have a bad self-esteem. Well, how do you have a good self-esteem? Number one, talk to God. I've said it over and over about who you are regularly. That's why it's so, so important to read the word of God every day, the word of God. Not the word from your friends, not the word from the right day or the wrong day. The right day is important, don't get me wrong. But read the word of God. Talk to God in prayer. So instead of talking bad about yourself, realize, wow, this is what God says about me. It's powerful. Number two, instead of listening to the wrong people, you know, millennials call it ear hustling. You ever heard that before? Yeah. Ear hustling, who's this sort of ear hustling? 
We got some, yeah, we got some hip people. Hip, yeah, you're, you're hip. You're hip too. Yes, God bless you, hip. Okay. That means you, 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 you listen to these conversations, you know. You kind of like, huh, okay, you know, about yourself, about others, but, 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 but Saul listened to the wrong people, but we can listen to the right people. Number three, and this is the positive stuff, encourage others. So I, I have an opportunity, and, 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 and I do this sometimes great, sometimes I'm horrible, to encourage. I like encourage. You're putting, putting courage in someone. So if you think it, if it's positive, say it. Let me say it again. In marriage, if you think, man, my husband is so great at his job and he's so disciplined, don't just think, oh, my husband is so great in his job. Don't just tell your friends that he's just so awesome. Turn, honey, you're so great at your job. You're so awesome, you know. That, that's what I'm saying. Or if you see someone, and it's, it's tough, I know this, I know this, because Saul dealt with envy. If you see someone, even if you might just have just a little bit of a, of a compliment rolling through, you're hearing the Holy Spirit say, compliment her. Compliment him. Just say it. Just say it. I look back on my life and over the last, I don't know, 30 years, my self-esteem from God is better than it used to be, no doubt. It really is. It's by the grace of God. Because I struggled you know, with the self, giving my, my, my soul esteem, or God giving myself the esteem that only he can give. And, and, and I've done a better job in my life of that. So because of that, I can stand on this stage and sing, row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. One more time. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. Take that, Mrs. P.C. Ferguson. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for this incredible group of ladies. So much potential. So much, so much giftedness here, God. And I pray that today we begin this journey to the center of our worth. That we understand, okay, God, it's about you and what you say about me. It's not about me, it's about you, God, and what you say about me. I pray that we live those things out, that we discover, God, who we are, that we surround ourselves with the right people in the right places, and may our lives never be the same because of this. In Christ's name we pray, amen. listening and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. 
We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless.